Who is Brian Smith's favorite recruits in this class up to this point? Who is getting slept on nationally? Who's underrated? Let's pick the man's brain and get those thoughts. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Badger fans? Welcome to Lockdown Badgers, your team every single day. I am your host, Ryan Herrings. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code Lockdown College for $20 off your first purchase. All right, let's get started. I'm excited for this one. Let's get Brian in. Brian, we've kind of hit that middle point to me in the recruiting season where most of the class is filled up. Now the season's going to start. Maybe you target a flip. Maybe there's a few late additions, but this feels for the most part like the class. I wanted to kind of ping you and, and get your thoughts, kind of take a zoom out. Let's take a snapshot of where we're at. Who's your favorite recruits in this class? Um, it'll probably be guys most people have heard of. Some may not agree with me, though. I think the easy one is Dylan Jones. I mean, he's just a really good player. He could play at Alabama or anywhere, in my opinion. So Wisconsin hit the home run there. I also think that it's the DBs, and it kind of goes into your underrated deal. <clears throat> I w- I'll give you an example. When you're getting South Florida DBs, it's a good start. Xavier Lucas, in my opinion, could end up being the best player in this class. I mean, projecting recruits is hard. But I was just looking at 24-7, and they have him most like an 82 or 83, like really low, and I just started laughing. He was the other guy at Dillard last year, but I was kind of looking at because he was an underclassman. He transferred – and he's, you know, he's in another prominent program. He's over at American Heritage. I was at a practice recently and I saw him and I'm like, how is he ranked like that? You know what I mean? And he's towards the bottom, but his upside is an NFL player. And I think Ogard is really underrated and he's very technical. I like him a lot. So they, they got a couple of good linemen, really good players though, across the board. This is the most balanced class that I can remember Wisconsin signing in my lifetime because they finally are starting to get guys on the outside they can compete with Ohio State's of the world. Let me pivot really quickly. I want to keep talking about your favorite players, but we had a comment uh, from somebody who listened to the show, comment on Clink, fan of the show. Uh, loves what you do, by the way, Brian. He he wanted to know about Xavier Lucas. Why is he a three-star? Like, what are the recruiting services missing or not seeing? It's a bit of a mystery to me. Uh, I mean, my, my brethren in the recruiting ranks, few of them live in Fort Lauderdale. I mean, he lives in Fort Lauderdale, too. I, I don't know. And he played at a prominent program. Sometimes it just is. Uh, he might have missed some time last year or something. I can't remember. But, like, when he walks by you, you say, oh, that's a football player. You know, he's a track kid. He's long. He's lengthy. He's six foot, six foot one anyway. And he could run. Um, I trust American Heritage's coach. I know Mike Smith well. Uh, he's got a national program. And he, he, off the record, was talking to me about him. He's like, this dude can play. Now I'm telling you. He doesn't BS me. He has kids and parents and stuff he deals with that are a pain in as you know what. He didn't have any of that with Xavier. And this is a guy that they turn out four or five guys a year that are power five. So that's all you really need to know. Why he's not ranked higher, I, I'm not that guy. But him playing at Heritage this year will help elevate him because they play national game after national game after national game. It's one of the best programs in the United States. Let me ask you this. I think this is a, maybe an interesting way to phrase this because you mentioned with um, Dylan, like he could play at Alabama, right? 
when you look at this prospect list, and I know this is not an easy answer, but how many players do you look at and say, yeah, I think he could play at Alabama? Like, is there, are there a couple other ones that jump out to you? I'd say there are about 10 of them. I'd say there are about 10. Some of it's just like the difference isn't the talent that Alabama's getting. It's a little bit, especially on defense, it's more about fit. And you got to remember, they run a very unique scheme there with a traditional 3-4 kind of defense. So their D-line recruiting is different. They need different kind of guys. That being stated, running back like Dylan play for anybody. No doubt in my mind. I don't remember what his offer list was, but it was pretty impressive. He chose a school that was going to run the ball, give him a chance. I get it. I, I would say any of the linemen have a chance to play pretty much anywhere in the secondary. I like those spots. I need to see the, like the receivers. They got the kid from Bolingbrook or whatever. He's really fast, but Alabama gets that guy plus three inches. Mm-hmm. And they also usually get guys that are more polished. That's it. Recruiting now is polished is the most important word. Not much for Saban because he's safe at his job, but these coaches are worried about getting fired. That's why the portal is so important. And why a lot of kids that have a lot of upside kind of get, like, to a certain extent, Xavier Lucas. He doesn't have a ton of polish, but you can't teach his physical traits and his athleticism. He'll probably need a year to adapt. But his sophomore year, he could be starting for the Badgers. It wouldn't surprise me. So at Alabama, they want the kid that's ready to play right now. That's right. They, they can get the combination of tools and polish, whereas. 100%. Um, talk to me about Dylan a little bit more because the Badger fans have been pretty excited about both the running backs, right? Well, there's three of them, but they've been really excited about Darian Dupree, four-star-ish guy, Dylan Jones, four-star-ish guy. You seem to pivot right away to Dylan and not to, to Dupree. What, what do you like about Dylan? I don't, don't want to say more than Dupree. Dupree's, we've talked about him. I know you like him, but what mm-hmm. about Dylan is special when you compare those two? I think he's got a little more open field speed. I mean, they're very similar. I think Dylan might have a slightly better frame. Mm-hmm. But, he, I mean, he's playing in Maryland. I mean, he's he's going against pretty good competition. And he's a in-between-the-tackles guy. But I think he can be effective in the screen game. I also believe he's somebody that, if you really wanted to, could play at flanker in some capacity to throw screens or short passes to. He may not be, you know, Altoon, but he, he's, he's a good player. And I also think if you really wanted to, you could play him on defense. He's just a very good football player. So he has such a high floor, it's hard not to take him. I, I could see him playing strong safety in a heartbeat. So it just depends on what you want to do. Uh, Dupree, natural between the tackles guy, incredible after contact. Fits a lot of the Badgers they've had, to be really honest. I just don't think he's got a next level gear. And again, polish is part of it. it sheer speed is sheer speed. It doesn't need an explanation. I don't think he's a true burner, but he's fast enough. And he's a guy that'll get you four yards on pretty much every carry. He's very instinctual. And he does a great job of picking holes. Really like his game. And I think bench fans might ask, did you consider uh, maybe Metoyer kind of in this discussion for best player in the class or my favorite player? Where, where are you at right now with him still? This one is awkward because it's impossible to project him. He has one of the strongest arms you're ever going to see, but he is not polished at all. He, he throws missiles on short passes sometimes. I'm, I'm very hesitant on him. He could be a boomer bus guy is probably the best way to say it. No idea what's going to happen. He just has to develop and learn because in today's spread, yeah, you're going to, you're going to launch some ball. He can throw the ball a mile cannon for an arm, the five to 15 yard passes. Those are the ones that are in harm's way the most. And if you're throwing a hundred mile an hour, they're the most likely to pop up in the air. What happens when the ball pops up in the air? It's not good things for the Badgers. So I'm really worried about him unless they can tune him down 
he's going to be an interception machine. And that's just part of like a lot of strong arm guys coming out. Some develop into understanding that and some don't. No idea what it's going to be. Can't teach the size or the arm strength though. Holy cow, does he have a gun? Let me ask you this, because I, I think fans are going to hear that and say, well, why can't he just throw it up with a little less touch? And I want to pivot to, in your experience, looking at quarterbacks, looking at film, seeing the progression, how often are quarterbacks coming in with the great physical tools that just can never find that touch? Constant. I mean, I forget when it was. Sometime in the last five years, to, just to put it in perspective, how hard quarterback recruiting is, the final four teams in the NFL, AFC and NFC title games. None of the four quarterbacks coming out of high school for whatever year they were, were ranked in the top 200. Hmm. It is so, especially in way NFL is different than college. You got to keep that in mind because the way the game is set up, they, they all but force teams to throw the ball with the rules because it sells more tickets. It just does. But that being said, it's about the shoulder to the top of the head. Making reads, being accurate with your throws. I mean, it just is. So a kid that can really hum the ball, you have advantages on out routes and stuff, and that's why they get a shot. But if they don't understand post-snap reads, which those those are nasty words for offensive coordinators when they deal with young quarterbacks. You know, we see two high safeties. Eh, as soon as the snap happens, it's one, and the guys, you know, and all hell breaks loose, and that's when the ball goes the other way. I can't project or nor can even Bill Walsh in his prime who's going to take that next step and make those mental adjustments. And that includes, as your point, why can't he just take something off of it? I don't know either. It sounds pretty easy, but I see it every day in seven on seven and high school practices. There's a kid locally where I'm at. He has a cannon, but sometimes he just throws it right through the kid's head. And it's just like, what are you doing? So why? I don't know. Well, that's interesting, man. It's fascinating to me. All right. Uh, and I think Badger fans are just stoked about the upside, which is completely understandable. Oh, it is. There. It is. It's hot. Because if he hits, that, I mean, that's the, that's the prototypical quarterback. If the To your point, the development comes along with it. Well, he's got like Aaron Rodgers kind of arm strength. Like it's insane. But Aaron Rodgers can throw floaters and stuff off. You know, he, he has a knack that has nothing to do with technique. It's just touch. Right. I mean, Mark also had Aaron Rodgers type arm strength too, you know, and then there was nothing yeah. else. So a wide, wide group of, of quarterbacks there with varying differences. All right, we're going to come back up with uh, Brian Smith. Can you talk about uh, this, this recruiting class up to this point and ping him on a few more underrated prospects he likes? But first, today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Game Time. Game Time is our new friends of the show. And if you're trying to find tickets to any event, uh, not just sports, right? Obviously, we're talking sports here. We're going to use it on the, the Lockdown Podcast to go to the Ohio State game. Me, Rajiv, and Justin are going to use game time to do that. But I've never been to a concert in my life. Um, at some point, I'm going to do that. I'm going to use game time to find my concert, find my tickets, and not waste time months ahead trying to plan. You can find killer deals, last-minute tickets on game time, best price guaranteed. Stop stressing over tickets. Start getting hyped up for the fun you're going to have at the events. That's what I'm going to use Game Time for. We're going to use it for the Ohio State game. I'm going to use it to get my first concert tickets ever. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best prices. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. That's why it's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country. It's for a reason. Plus, you get images of the seat before you buy, so you know what you're getting. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code Locked On College for 20% off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. 
All right, let's get Brian back on. Really do appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, Brian, let's continue talking this class. Who who are we, – we hit on a couple of them, right? Obviously, Xavier Lucas we hit on. Sure. Um, are there a couple other prospects where you look at and you're like, I, I just think he should be a little higher? Well, Dupree, we already talked about him. Um, I think he probably should be. I, again, why rankings are where I know fans get bitchy about that. You're never going to win that battle. That's a very long conversation, but just let it ride. Watch the film yourself. Make your own evaluation. That being said, a couple of the other kids that I really like, Dupree, Lucas, and Ogard. I know the funny thing about Ogard, when this – see, when he was a freshman, he was considered to be like a top-10 player in the class. But he hasn't gotten a lot bigger. Of course, you never know, like with anything else, how big a kid's going to get. He was arguably the best corner. He was technically sound and all that. And he'd been coached. I think that he's one of the better guys that could come in because he's polished and play early. He could be their nickel as a freshman or at least compete for the job. So I'm going to say him. I, I'm trying to think his rankings like ridiculously low. I forget what it is, but he, he's low. And the other one, this is from just scouting in the South. The state of Alabama is loaded. Jay Harper plays at Bowie, and that's a program that is in an area that he's going against dudes. He's going to come in prepared. Nothing against high school football in Wisconsin and the area. It's not even comparable. So he's going to be prepared. That's another DB. They've done a great job with their homework. I could see Jay Harper. I mean, he's listed as an 88, okay, on 24-7, on but he should probably be higher. He can float. That's a kid that can go. That's a guy that can play early. Um, it's really hard with offensive linemen. I, I stay away from offensive line predictions. That's out of just the obvious, obvious kids. Mm -hmm. it, it's really hard. I would say probably Raphael Dunn would be the other one. We talked about him on one of your shows earlier. His length makes it an easy pick. If you look at the staff that came to Wisconsin, a lot of those guys were part of the Cincinnati defenses that figured it out taking raw players and coaching them up. Raphael Dunn is to a T what they did in Cincinnati. He's got the length to play multiple spots, rovers slash strong safety, whatever. I like him a lot. Well, the, you know, the interesting thing you brought up Dunn is that and I want to ping you on this a little bit because this is something you talked about. There's a couple of players in this class I feel like are the definition of we're going to find the super toolsy guy that is toolsy enough to play at Alabama or Ohio State, Georgia, and we're going to coach him up with the polish. That's Raphael Dunn. That's Thomas Heiberger, that the Sandy, our South Dakota kid who has an incredible frame and athleticism. It's Xavier Lucas. Um, I feel like uh, they're really taking more upside players, especially defensively, than they have in the past. I would agree with that. The only thing that I think, and this is hard in today's age, the only thing I think they need to do, and I'm sure they're they're trying is they've got to get a few more kids that are in the 6'1 to 6'3 range. They can play multiple spots, including staying at linebacker. Mm. You look at, here's a stat I heard the other day. I forget, like the last 10 linebackers or whatever it is that have come to Georgia that stayed healthy, have all gotten paid, at least a little bit. I mean, it's insane. Something crazy like that. They coach them up, but they're also getting elite guys. If you can play in coverage space as a linebacker, you're getting paid. Because there's a ton of old school guys that can stop the run. It's the ones that play in space. That's the only thing left. I need to see a few more athletes that are that strong, like the kid from New Jersey I just mentioned. 6'4", 200. He could be 6'4", 230. I don't know. Mm -hmm. He could be an outside outside backer. That's possible. 
They need a few more guys like that because they're not going to get the five-star that Georgia and Alabama want a linebacker. They're not. You know, unless the kid's maybe from Chicago or something, they might there, but that's about it. So they're going to have to be able to be creative, like they were at Cincinnati with some kids until you develop a rep and kids have already seen it's proven, which is really hard. It's the chicken and the egg. How do I get kids to the NFL if I'm not getting the best players? Well, that's why the same teams win every year. Right. So it's it's really hard. Just think about where Wisconsin was in the 80s, if you look at the record. To, for them to even get this far, they're the most improved program in my lifetime. I mean, they were just garbage in the, in the 80s for most of the time. And now they're a team that's won Rose Bowls, et cetera. To get to that final step, though, it's just sheer athleticism. I believe in the coaching staff, but they got to get better players at every spot. Mm-hmm. That's how you win. Uh, let me ask you this, and last question on this class up to this point. And again, it's not a complete class yet, but I think it's a pretty close picture to what's going to be there. Outside of defense, listen, we've talked about defense line a ton, right? I don't want to rehash that one necessarily. They need to get better there, and this class didn't really address that enough as it, uh, or as much as it should. Is there another spot maybe you look at this class and say, I feel like you're still they're missing something there? Receiver. I mean, at the end of the day, you got to – that's a spot like I'm, I'm so blessed to be in central Florida. There was a kid at a, at a one, a school the other day, the first game I went to was a Thursday night game. Two teams aren't very good. This kid walks out on the field and I'm like, who the hell is that? And like some of the kids, Wisconsin as I'm not sure there's athletic is like, he was really raw and all that, but he was like, Holy crap. He was like six, three, one ninety, And they're just like, somebody's taking that kid. I don't know if he's going to FCS, but they need more length to go with the speed. Like the kid from Illinois is like 5'10-ish. you got to get some burners that are over six foot. Not that Alabama doesn't take a few kids under that size. Mm-hmm. You need go ball guys that are 400-meter guys. Like Jeremiah Smith, who I bring up a lot. Jeremiah, for fun, decided to take up running the 400, and he went to state. That's wild. <laughs> it's not a, it's not a I mean, you know, he, he's the exception to about 100 million rules. Right, pick on him about that, but you don't have to get Jeremiah necessarily, although it's nice, but you have to get a few more guys that are just big boundary receivers that can go. That opens up the middle of the field, man. If you look at what Ohio State does, to use them as an example, with like the spread of Wisconsin, it's not that different than Ohio State, but they got NFL running backs back there, and they've got receivers across the board that need to be doubled, which obviously mathematically you can't do. You got to pick, and when they drop, the running game flourishes, etc. Does Wisconsin have receivers that scare teams right now? Not at that level. I mean, certainly they, they got some good players, but I mean, Ohio State's got guys coming off the bench that would start at Wisconsin flat out. So that's really the final piece. If they can get that, even if they just got a JUCO kid or a transfer, however it happens, they got to get a big-bodied NFL. Everybody knows it. Receiver. It's not easy. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, we're going to take one more quick break for the show, come back and talk about a very interesting in-state offensive lineman in the 25 class, finish up the show there with Brian Smith. But first, a quick break for friends of the show. And a quick second to say thank you for tuning in to Lockdown Badgers. Really appreciate y'all. Season is coming up. All right, let's get Brian back on. Uh, Brian, we're shifting into the 25 class. We've we've talked about Strybig, um, the in-state, probably the, the consensus top player in-state in 2025, the offensive tackle. I want to talk a little bit about Michael Reske coming out of Atoma. A really good size, 6'8". He's up to about 275 now. Uh, carries it pretty well. Good early offer list already building. What was your uh, impression of his game, watching a little bit of him? 
two things stood out to me. Number one, for a kid as long as he is, especially at his age, I'm sure you watched that first clip where he intercepts the pass. He runs really natural, doesn't he? He does. That was bizarre. Usually kids like that, man, they ugh, awkward, clunky. He outran the quarterback, and it wasn't close. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that kid probably is going to get yacked on forever by his own teammates on that. But the point is still the same. The kid's a natural athlete. At any time you have levers like that, his arms are tree limbs. It's like a big old oak tree out there. He's a natural left tackle candidate, or at least right tackle, depending on how much he develops. You know, you have to wait and see. But he moves well in space. Half his film is the end. Uh -huh. Very good sign. <laughs> so the other part with him, he is an angle and speed guy. You can tell he's always been an athlete. He tried to angle guys instead of run over them. He's not the most physical kid yet. I'm curious if he develops a mean streak because he would just beat a guy to the spot and angle him off, which is fine, but that's more Navy-like than it is Wisconsin-Michigan State. You got to be able to bludgeon people. I need to see a little more of that, but the frame and the athleticism are tremendous. Yeah, if <clears throat> excuse me, he feels like a, a really high tools guy, right? If, if he yeah. puts some physical film out there, I think people – and listen, the stock's already getting pretty excited. I think Notre Dame is now offered or at least is, is interested – um, so I he's can already, see anybody offering him I, I really already because, like, to your point, there's not a lot of six eight guys that move like that. A lot of those guys they run no. it looks like every part is disconnected, right? Like, one moves, then the other. There's a reason I don't like watching underclassmen offensive line film, okay? It's usually pretty, pretty garbage, so mm -hmm. it is what it is. Um, if well, look, look at it this way. In the last 25 years, Wisconsin's conservatively a top 10 O-line school, possibly top five. Mm -hmm. Wherever you want to put them, I mean, that's they're really good. If they take kids like this over and over again, they'll be fine. That's the big summation of this. You have to be able, if you're Wisconsin, if they're ever going to beat the Ohio States, they have to be equal or better in those games. Taking a kid like that, if it doesn't work out, nobody's going to blame you. because you. I mean, that's sophomore film. What's he going to look like in two freaking years? If he has any dedication, I mean, that's on him. But if he has dedication, he should be 6'8", 305, walking in the door to school X, whatever it is. He's got a chance to play as a redshirt freshman somewhere. Those guys are rare. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. That's a great take. Uh, he is Brian Smith. Great insight, as always, Brian. Uh, Lockdown's recruiting insider. Thank you so much. And uh, you've been listening to the Lockdown Badgers. We'll keep it going.